Hi everybody, welcome to the Honesty Podcast. You're here with me, Poonam, Stacey and Mia. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about climate change. A little bit of a spooky one today, scary stuff. Um, <laughs> I'm going to open up straight away uh, into what exactly are we feeling when we think about the environment and climate change in general, Stacey? So I... I come from like a weird point of view with it. So I studied environmental science at uni. Um, but I think like in my day-to-day life, I'm probably a bit of a hypocrite because it's not at the forefront of my mind and like everything I do. Mm-hmm. I think it's very easy for me if I'm being self-critical for like when Australia was happening to worry about that and to like read up on that and obviously stress about it. And like if whenever the next big environmental issue happens, I'll stress about it and care about it and it'll be on my mind but it's not a constant thing like particularly now while we're dealing with the virus it's it's not something I really think about all that much I think I've tweaked over the years my day-to-day actions somewhat in accordance with just being more environmentally friendly I think a lot of things I do without thinking um, mm. but in terms of my feelings towards it I don't think I'm I feel as strongly because I sometimes think I have bigger things to worry about Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. makes me feel a bit guilty and I feel a bit like weird saying it because obviously people in our in our circles in particular will be so vocal yeah that makes me feel guilty okay where I am yeah I mean for me climate change and the environment is a real issue and it for me is on the forefront of my mind because um you know part of my path um in life and sort of my my faith and you know my spirituality as a practicing witch is um and my my specific form of craft is centered around Gaia the the goddess of um the earth you know so um she's always at the forefront of my mind I, I'm a warrior goddess of the Gaia so um like everything I try and do in regards to having a positive impact on the earth but I also know that in modern day life, it isn't always as easy as that. Um, but we'll we'll dip into sort of what I do and how I do it sort of a bit later on, I guess. But at, I guess at this stage, yeah, it's, a, it's pretty much on the forefront of my mind and mm-hmm. shit's real and we need to do some, we need to do some, we're past the point of mitigation. There needs to be action, mm-hmm. um, which needs to be fucking soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn right. Yeah, I think I feel very much like it is a priority but equally I I'm also very quick to put it at the back of my mind just because when it's at the front of my mind it's everything it's just all consuming like the anxiety that I get from it and the amount of things that remind me of it uh, and the amount of things that we do that are damaging but just everyday life I just I oh god it's like when I moved to London I was just feeling it so acutely and just it was like not escapable at all and there was no outlet for it at all um but yeah so I I kind of switch between it being all I think about and like everything I do I'm trying to like act for it and going to like completely just having to not think about it at all and just not read about it just because I need to like live life and enjoy things and not be sad (laughs) she's sad um but yeah it's it's a difficult one for me I think it's been a long time coming I think Mm. but Um, it's a fair point you know it's if it's constantly the forefront of your mind and you're doing so much research on it research on it it can be so crippling mm. um you know I myself try not to keep up to date with a lot of stuff on purpose I try to do the best that I can and lobby where I can but I try not to get directly involved in regards to the political side of things because it is that it's politics it's you know stupid cisgendered mm-hmm. white men who are middle-aged and don't really fucking care so uh, I remember that um so like when I moved over to London I was like struggling with a lot of things and like trying to find a bit of purpose I think and um one of the things that I did, I ended up joining um, sort of the work that Extinction Rebellion do. Uh, I worded that very tactfully. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I joined Extinction Rebellion. That's what I did. Um, essentially, just 
because I needed some way of putting my feelings into sort of fruition because I felt like very powerless against it. I was just one person who wanted to do something but couldn't really find anything that was impactful in any way. You know, I don't drive a car. I take public transport. I walk. You know, I don't really eat a lot of meat. And I I think vegetarianism came a little bit later. It's not here anymore, unfortunately, but (laughs) it happened at some point. but yeah, so I joined XR, um, which was interesting. But I don't know if you guys had ever come across any of their stuff. Before. I have no idea who and or what XR How did are. How you avoid all of it? I like it was all over the news. Although, granted, if you're not, if you're trying to actively avoid it, yeah, <laughs> a media like storm at the time, shutting down parts of London, like all of the protests. Did they shut yeah. down a um an airport? They did, yeah, I think. A London they, airport. Lon- the city airport they targeted, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, okay. I, I, perhaps I just didn't know what they were called then. But okay, yeah, I, I, yeah okay. But um, to be fair, it's not like a surprise if you haven't either because I think, I don't know, it's easy to... to I think the one thing that caught my eye was the Oxford, um, Oxford Street oh, yeah. thing that they did with like the pink boat and stuff but that was just visually like purposefully very visually like captivating stuff that was very good on newspapers but yeah I don't know if a lot of people had seen it before but there it's very interesting when you look at it so what happened with me was that we had a green week and an environmental like awareness week at work and they had an ad guy who was from the ad industry but had since given up work and was full-time XR come in and do an XR heading for extinction talk and that talk is essentially did that just (laughs) bruh I'm surprised they let that happen but like it was amazing probably to cover up the money laundering your CEO did in France oh god don't go there but also we had to pay (laughs) we had them like elevator wraps in the elevators like for different climate issues and one of them was uh flights and one of our oh my god i probably shouldn't say this one of the clients in our building was an airline and they had requests we had to take it down because oh drama and it was just like a huge conflict of interest really to say don't fly if your client is a flying provider (laughs) (laughs) um but it's like a lot of that in the building which I mean that's a whole different kettle of fish like the conflict that you feel when you work in industry that essentially is driving business for businesses that maybe you don't believe in what the fuck do you do about that you're like oh I like this job but dirty money we everything's dirty really let's face it but anyway Anyway, so we went to this um, talk and it was essentially like scaring you shitless about climate change, um, telling you all the facts, uh, what what the future looked like, and you leave it going, there's only one way we're going to get out of this, and that is by action. So it's very persuasive, but um, terrifying. So I joined it and I've been like part of their media and messaging team and it's been really, really interesting. I don't know, I don't know if you guys have any questions on what they are or anything but like it's very hard to describe how I feel when I'm in their group it's so weird what your experience was because obviously I read what they were doing and and kind of the ethos behind it all but to actually be someone on the front line how did you how did you find that oh yeah so it was really interesting because I joined the week before they did their October rebellion which was their follow-up to the summer one, which was in Oxford Street and had the pink boat and it went really, really well. There was a lot of hope ride like hopes riding on this going well. So I joined just as they were plunging into that. And I spent a week every night in an XR meeting trying to like train up, trying to understand what the message was, uh, understand where I could help about like non-violent uh, disobedience. And um also arrestability and their whole um ethos of getting the number of arrestees up so that the system was flooded and therefore the government had to act that was their that was their whole sort of theory there were other strands of like active 
um, activism going on. But like that was a real central idea, which was quite problematic coming from a person of colour, a girl. I, say, a, I, I, read, uh, <laughs> I read quite an interesting article. I think it was an independent article um, that pointed out the issues on the kind of peaceful arrest thing. Yeah, so obviously yeah. using that as a non-violent protesting tactic, it's it's kind of ignoring the weight of the like racism. Oh my god! Yeah, that. like it, it makes yeah. it it can make it very uncomfortable. I think it kind of ignores mm-hmm. the fact yeah. that like us as people of color would probably feel a little bit scared if we thought the police were going to arrest us. Like my brother was falsely arrested when he was like sixteen, seventeen, just because he was a mixed race teenage boy near a crime yeah. scene that had yeah. nothing to do with it like the idea that you would then be like you know what we're gonna let people get arrested it's mm-hmm. non-violent that's fine it's, like it kind of ignores all the history are they forgetting there. what happened to like Martin Luther King like you know what happened to Mahatma Gandhi not everyone has not everyone is fortunate to be fucking Jane Fonda do you know what I mean like that's not how this works mm. that's really interesting that you brought up those names because when they talk about their arrest tactics and their dis- non-violent disobedience, they quote, um, they sort of cease, they reference the movements that Gandhi and um, Martin Luther King like spearheaded. That's their reference point. They're like, these people managed it so we can do it too and we can force them to act. But it's really interesting because you see a lot of um, mag- like magazines and movements like I've read Gaudam articles I've read like um there's a few like grassroots uh, environmental activists that are very like um like they feel very bristly about XR because the way they refer to those movements it kind of uh like erases all of the actual um like problematic yeah like the struggle that they went through is not the same struggle that these people are going through like it's not it's not equatable for that oh oh god like seeing seeing xr in the media it's predominantly been what looks like kind of predominantly white millennial groups and there's obviously no issue in that being the case but i think there's almost an acknowledgement or needs to be an acknowledgement that comes with an element of privilege oh my days yeah and I I was seeing that so much because I was out there and I was like I don't want to be arrested but here I am because I care and also you're not immune to arrestability the way they talk about being arrested is so ridiculous and I think as I really like these people like I've grown really fond of them and as much as the group that I'm in is very white middle class very you know comfortable with like being out there in front of police very much rec- trying to be a, like uh, in solidarity with people but often missing the mark just because they can't they're not speaking the same language mm. um it's really hard to watch them struggle like that because I don't agree with how they approach it like the arrestability stuff they were like oh yeah like I'm arrestable I'm not and I was like I'm not arrestable but I'm not gar- I'm not guaranteed anything by saying that and um I don't know I think um they're very blasé about the fact that you know like here's what you do if you get arrested this is how you prep like these are the things you should like write on your arm this is like you shouldn't have your phone on you this that the other and it's like it just they build a culture of it being so casual Mm. um and I'm I know it's not all groups and I know they're trying to change because you can hear the conversation that they're trying to have and they're trying to fight it, but there's oh my god, there's so much drama. There's like so much political like infighting about it. Mm. Um, but I know I've I've spoke when I joined. I spoke quite openly about the fact that I thought it was I was not seeing people like me there, and that was quite um, worrying. Like I didn't want to leave because the next person of color would want to see a face like hers there, and yeah. I would want to be that face, yeah, right? Yeah. But um, there are people and also doing there's a lot power, of There's power in that sense of diversity. Um, mm-hmm. As a person who works on a lot of diversity pieces and someone who is on the board of a movement uh, and project that is the only sort of LGBTQ plus member, the only like woman of like female, uh, like woman of color or any person of color actually, um, hmm. you know, it's trying to have those conversations around, okay, so you're trying to reach demographic X, Y, Z, you know, 
what are you doing in order to actually get to that X, Y, Z? Like there is power within that. So I think hold your ground. But you said your group has a lot of um what you say middle aged um like middle class people. What do you say? Yeah. Yeah, they're like uh it's kind of middle class Caucasian kind of yeah it's definitely verging on like middle to older age kind of people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is if you like you know when it comes to this arrestability thing um you know say if you are arrested you know and, and uh, let's say your colleague Karen or you know a member person Karen also got arrested um you know let's be if you're being realistic as a woman of color that's been arrested there might be a stereotype against you so that would you know harbor some form of resentment in in a recruitment process whereas karen may not you know someone be like Mm -hmm. oh so what happened they'll take the time to find out whereas with yourself if you were declaring that especially you know if you want to work in any sort of field that requires sort of checks it'd be like a disregarded straight away whereas i feel like someone who is caucasian um Mm -hmm. and of middle class would probably get sort of different treatment when it comes to that I also struggled with the fact that um so actually to caveat a lot of the people that I met were also white and um you know similar if not like a little bit older to me they were also saying that they weren't arrest arrestable and there were a lot there was a lot of nerves about it because there's a lot of new people coming in and mm-hmm. this that the other like people were just like what the fuck like why are they why is this the message that they're like suddenly telling us like oh get on the front line st- sit in the road um but the one thing I noticed is that I often brought up like my family as a reason to why you know why I wasn't comfortable not that anyone needed to know why but I felt that that um upbringing that like real worry that would sit with my parents was 100% the driver as to why I wouldn't put myself in that position and I don't know if that's the case for everyone but Mm -hmm. that felt particularly acute to maybe who I was in terms of identity and I don't want to like speak like for my whole like culture and for other cultures as well but that felt I felt that quite acutely but yeah it was interesting I definitely felt weird about it and I'm not doing as much now see it makes me think it's there's a I guess there's two sides of it we as people from like non-white communities there's the side that we should be doing more within them to be raising awareness about these things to get that representation up like Mm -hmm. us ourselves should we be there like what 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 could we be doing more to make sure that these issues are prevalent in our communities but also on the flip side of that are we being are are the spaces there and are they open enough to invite people like us Mm, yeah Uh, i (laughs) that's such a valid point two sides I think both are valid, probably. Yeah, I think, like, it's so real. Like, you know, are we even, is there space for us? We should be there, but is there actual space for us to be there? Mm. You know, are we actually going to be welcomed in these spaces? And a lot of the time, it's the whole, you know, we're being diverse. But, you know, the whole diversity and inclusion pieces you know, diversity is being invited to the party. Inclusion is being asked to dance. And honey, if I'm not dancing, what am I doing there? <laughs> I love that quote. Exactly, exactly. Brah, that was so well worded, Stacey, as well. Like, oh, you're a woman after my own heart. <laughs> I'm also a writer. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God, Stacey, do you have a blog? Oh, my uh, God. Let's not mention that because it's currently... <laughs> A work uh, in progress. Uh, <laughs> TBC. No, yeah. Oh, I don't, oh am I a witch that can do tarot readings? Check out my Etsy page. <laughs> you never oh my mentioned God. that before. I, yeah, you actually <laughs> haven't though. Like, you haven't mentioned your tarot readings. We'll, ability, we'll, we'll, not ability, we'll, but the service. Um, I think the service uh, may scare people because I'm a very truthful individual and the truth that um, reels from these fingertips sometimes people don't want to hear, as you both are aware. Don't ask for relationship tarot readings, please. It's going to destroy you. Because I will tell you the truth. The truth is something you don't want to hear and you'll cry. (laughs) But if you're Um, interested, the 13th fool is me. Hit me up, you slags. Yeah, this is a slight, um, slight diversion again. 
um yeah basically going back to your point i i essentially was like uh so in my drafts in my blog log guys <laughs> i have a really talking about it I, I have a really long draft about xr um because i was like so disenfranchised over the christmas break and i was like fuck this like i really like the fact that they're doing something but I don't agree with the fact that they're it feels like we're trampling on people that have done that work before and that in Islington which is like the group that I'm in there's a huge like migrant community a huge like ethnic community and the group is like predominantly white like it's so uh distorted towards like people that are able to enter that space and I'm sitting there and I'm like bruh like I wouldn't want to enter this. I do not blame a single person who would look at this room and be like, I'm, I'm out of here because it's, it's so intimidating. Um, and I see a lot of people that are seeing the work that needs to be done. And it's like a handful of people doing masses and masses of like running around and legwork to get these people up to speed. And I'm like, this is kind of a disgraced oh it's so annoying because I don't want to I don't want to shit on the movement I really believe in the fact that do it <laughs> exactly it I really believe in the fact acknowledging that acknowledging the good in the movement and the awareness it's bringing but not being ignorant to the issues within it yeah, yeah. there needs to be a cultural shift because if you are catering to an overall sort of issue it's everyone's issue it's mm-hmm. not just a, 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 a cis white issue do you know mm-hmm. what I mean it's like Honey, we're all being affected. And typically the people who are being affected the most are going to be people of colour, people who are lower down the economic chain. You know, capitalism capitalism is bullshit, so you're fucking yourself in the first place. Yeah. That's my 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 my, my social. Oh, I bring I bring a quote group. on that one that was that was quite interesting. So like I'm I'm definitely left wing, but I'm not like a communist. But I do have a Karl Marx quote. I love communism. Go on. We love Karl Marx. <laughs> yeah. My boyfriend will be very happy to hear this. <laughs> so it goes, all progress in, in capitalist agriculture is a progress in the art, not only of robbing the labourer, but of robbing the soil. And that's quite interesting. So I think it brings up like the classism issue because it is generally those in poorer communities that are most affected that like live in closer to factories if we're looking at the UK or more on a global scale, people in like the Southern Hemisphere, people in mm. Africa, people in China, people in parts of like, well, everywhere, it is generally the poorer people that will feel more of the impact of this, but are generally less involved in movements like this. And it, 100%. it, it kind of brings me back to when I was doing A-level politics, because we did um, environmentalism. And there was an argument that being able to care about the environment comes from generally a position of privilege because you don't have as many other things to be worrying about exactly yeah that is mm. the crux of it isn't it it's like all these people are turned off by it Ugh. and it, it's, yeah. it's really <laughs> tough because we want people to care we want people to do more but i i think we can't ignore that if if you have like if you're worried about feeding your kids at the end of the day if you're worried about having mm-hmm. someone to live looking after the planet is not going to be your first thought and i think it can be mm-hmm. it can repel people to some extent when you just see a group of middle class people protesting for something because yeah. it you you in your head automatically you're like oh well they they can care about it yeah and it becomes it becomes a rich people issue yeah yep. and, and you know not- if you have it if you have a shit harvest because, you know, spring came too early, winter was shit, like, you know, summer's been too blistering, you're having drought and your crops are fucked, you know, and you, you're going to be sitting there worried, like, um, how am I going to make ends meet? Because that crop harvest um, in spring is going to you know bring in the money throughout winter, etc. Like, how else am I going to feed my fucking family? You're going to try and figure out what's best for you in that situation. You're not going to be like, now's the time to lobby. Yeah. No. No, and that's why the people that are doing the work, they have to make sure that no one gets left behind. Mm. And the way they do that is make sure that any of any of the ideas that they're pushing forward or they're, you know, you know, activating for is is, you know, it's for a green economy. It's to make sure that the jobs that will go because you're cutting down emissions and you're changing the way we live, 
they get transferred into an economy where they can have jobs and they're being green and they are no longer contributing to the high carbon lifestyle that they did not choose. And therefore, you know, no one, none of those get left behind. Their houses are like, you know, retrofitted so that they meet the standards that should be met for any future housing, which is, you know, to limit carbon emissions, this, that, the other, to be energy efficient that it should start with those people. They shouldn't have to do the work for it. They should be given the opportunity first. And it should be us that, you know, it should be those people that are in those groups, those, those movements that are, you know, pioneering on their behalf, essentially, because they can't do the work. Like, oh, it's so exhausting. I think me. that there really needs to be a, a trickle down. So you've got bottom up and you've got trickle down. I think things like banning plastic straws and putting in the plastic bag tax have done the world of good because people acknowledge environmental issues almost without acknowledging it to some extent like those people that don't choose to read about what's going on or care don't have to but can still do their bit I Mm -hmm. think the government needs to be more proactive in enforcing things that make us be better so that it doesn't have to become a political it doesn't have to become an emotional thing as much yeah it does but whilst capital capitalism rules and the money's but coming you can from the make money you know? <laughs> but you can make money in like environmentalism do you know what i mean like you can get big on renewable energy you can get big on you know there's so many different things that you can do you can create products xyz you can you know capitalize on i'm making 100 cruelty-free vegan friendly no plastic waste like zero waste products you know like if Mac produced something like that, I'd be all over it. If L'Oreal did, you'd probably be like, um, you know, maybe your animal testing is a bit skew with, so but I'll give it a shot. Again, then, if we were to have companies start doing like vegan products and all this stuff, I think, I, I don't know how true this is, but my impression is generally these things cost more, which then again yes. puts them in a market separate to that of. Yeah those yeah. poor in society it all comes but down to being when it like comes a money to, thing yeah it does but when it if you look at sort of the slightly grander scheme of things the you know the car for example the car was ridiculously expensive it was only available for the rich it's a very bad example but over time you know it became more and more affordable different yeah. products were being produced xyz you know there can be more done on you know producing things in a more environmentally friendly way i ran out of facial toner the more exactly like i ran out of facial toner so what did i do i created my own which is like out of like chamomile apple cider vinegar and honey you know and i know exactly what's in it i used i reused a glass bottle that i had from my rose water which is my previous toner and bam i didn't need to recycle it didn't need to throw it away i used one thing and you know composted the rest there was zero waste in that entire product and produced that one product that i needed and it's like that cost me i shit you not like 50p damn nice send me that yeah send me that recipe (laughs) I'll send you the recipe. It's really good. I'd mix in some rose water because it just it helps rejuvenate the skin. Oh, um, I actually want to tell you about a time that I got poached for socialism. Ooh. So I was in an XR meeting and we were talking about um, the fourth demand, which is essentially um, their way of bringing in... Um, well, in America, they introduced the fourth demand, which is, uh, you know reparations for the native community and putting them first making sure no one's get no one gets left behind creating a green economy to replace the high carbon jobs this that the other and um they're discussing it in the uk uh, pardon me um the uk xr but i don't know if much work's been progressed on it i don't know they're all a bit fucking stupid uh no no offense to them um (laughs) but uh, one of the guys in a group, he's like a really tall old guy, um, and he like pulled me aside after because I was like, re- I was just basically saying like, look, look around you, can you see any people of color here? No, look, if you go down the street in Islington or like in Finsbury Park or whatever, can you see people of color? Yes. So why aren't they here? That's what I was saying. Um, and then this guy like turned around at the end. He was like, oh, so we're having like a, a weekender, like in a few weeks time. And it's a, you know, it's just a socialism, you know, social, I think it's like youth socialists or something. I don't know what it was. Um, 
he was like yeah it just it really seems like it'll be your thing like put his number and his name down and I had it on my like bookshelf for like I think it was a month and I was like I could just go to this I in the end I couldn't go to it and I was kind of a bit I think I was relieved that I didn't have the choice but um also I was really intrigued because like one of the things that they had on the agenda was like a nighttime like it was almost like a club night but like make it socialism and I was like I don't know enough about socialism to do this but I'm I'm very intrigued by the idea I think it's just one of those things where I'm just like everyone just needs to be like together and like working together and just you know helping each other out fuck capitalism fuck consumerism and and then you're just like okay but how re- realistic is this or just like one big dream that no one I don't know I'm reading off someone stopped me but um yeah I got poached for socialism guys so <laughs> yeah you're yeah I don't know if I don't know what that says about me hit me up for your socialist question I think on the note of like consumerism I think this is why for me it's such a, a like an internal battle because like I inherently care about the environment like I literally studied environmental science but under the same breath like I know that I still buy like disposable things and I I don't spend the extra money always on on like reusable and like I drive mm-hmm. a car and all these things like I'm not unaware of that and I think that's why for me I feel like a hypocrite if I were to come out and start preaching to people as to why they should care when I live my life the way I do but equally under the same breath I think like my parents generation like we have part to play in helping them see the problems yeah like for me it was really interesting seeing my mom's reaction to Greta and the stuff she was doing on the news like my mom was really like impassioned by it like she really enjoyed seeing that and it really made her think and that was great to see yeah but, Greta. but equally on another on another side see I, I'm, I just have like 15 arguments to everything and I can't ever agree on on something give it to us i'm i'm one of those people that i think i have bigger things to worry about quite a lot like people that know me know i have a hell of a lot on my plate yeah mm. and being someone that can keep it a priority it's not me mm. i do mm. what i do in my day-to-day life to care about things i read the news i know what's going on it come it comes back down to that privilege you don't have the privilege to sit and worry about it you don't have the privilege to constantly do something about it because there are other things affecting you. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I feel guilty for it, but that's that. Like, if I hold my hands up, that's where I am. I think. Mm. I think mm. a lot of people would share the same thought. I do the same. Like, I've done nothing climate related in so long because I've just been like, that's not the first thing on my list anymore. But mm. also the hip- hypocrisy thing. Like, we are all going to be hypocrites. This is the yeah. lifestyle we're born into. So, like, don't feel bad or whatever because people are going to chat a lot of crap about people being hypocrites when they're talking about climate um you know issues because we literally cannot stop a lot of things (laughs) like we can't you know have carbon neutral homes or anything because that's what we're born into we need cars to go to work like some of us don't have the public it's just on and on and on yeah like it's the whole like i I gave up my car because I started a new job and I work in like you know the center of a city, so I don't need it. So I'm catching the bus and a train. So I thought I may as well get rid of the car because I don't need it and I'll just catch buses everywhere or walk everywhere, which has been great. And I thought, yay, you know, the impact on the environment is going to be positive. But then did I or did I not hop on a plane to Portugal at the end of November because I was like, I need some sun. I can't yeah. do this. Yeah. It's cold. Yeah. Exactly. Like I I went on a plane in February and I was like, well, that's that then. So, um, but it's, you know, you can't beat yourself up for that. Mm. It's the fact that we need the, we need higher powers. We need the government. We need businesses to start acting because at the end of the day, like it's not, it's not on our shoulders to do this work. I feel like, yeah. I feel yeah. like that's, that's the problem here is that we're like, oh, we need to fix this problem. No, we need like the economy to change or we need, you know, the way we treat, yeah. you know, ec- economic growth. I just said economy. Good. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of but, yeah. Similar to me on my opinion of like veganism. Like mm-hmm. I think as soon as you start making 
things polarized like people like acting like people either have to be on one side or the other that's when you lose the battle to some degree i think it's better to just have the public as a whole a bit more aware like not using less plastic but not make it so you have to feel like you have to like sign up to something my issue is with this whole like sitch is I'm I'm predominantly plant based, but Stacey will say that I'm a flexitarian yeah. because sometimes I'll be a little bit tricky, you, you know. Flexi you know, girl, you like a, like a Mackey's. Oh, I love and Flexi. Stop it! Don't don't stress me out because Mackey's aren't <laughs> delivering anymore, and I'm like <laughs> my heart's breaking. But um, they're closed. Yeah, yeah, Mia. God, bitches. Um, but it's that whole like for me, it's supply and demand, isn't it? Like. You've got like people are like, oh my god, I love avocados, and now we're like, avocados are like huge polluters because supply and demand needs to be met. Are they huge it's the same. Polluters? Oh my god, They're yeah, really avocados bad. fuck shit up. Yeah, this is so um, bad. I literally studied, <laughs> and I just don't like know. so much. I don't know. It's so bad. And like the supply and demand is going to be there, you know. So we need a lot of chickens and cows and shit. So you know they are produced and like chemically sort of altered and hormones injected into them etc etc which is great but you know same is going to happen to plants you know plants are going to have loads of pesticides xyz like have you guys ever washed your vegetables like in a sink full of water and like a little bit of like cider vinegar or anything like that the amount of shit that comes off them is scary people Mm. that wash their food and then they eat it and i'm like ew you're eating pesticides yum they're good for you right Pesticides are bad for you. No, they're good. No, Mia, don't. They're good for you. Pesticides are no. bad. They, 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 they kill the earth. No, look. No, I swear. Like, pesticides are how we grow. No, I'm kidding. Okay. It's dark out there. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but I do want to know then, what what are you doing? So, Mia, you've mentioned that you don't have a car anymore. Yeah, like- so, um, but that being said... You know, Stacey will be testament to this. Literally last month, I was almost brought a three-liter old-school BMW because it's like what I've always wanted, which is like it's it's, it's CO2 is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't drive it hardly ever, <laughs> but it, it like it's it's something that I've always wanted. Um, just some so icon yeah and like I always wanted it imagine sitting it on the drive and then mm. occasionally driving it to the shops or whatever <laughs> but you know it's something that I still wanted so I always try and mitigate sort of what I get up to in different ways as possible like um I have um reusable sanitary towels them um, to like, deliver to my house soon and reusable um cotton cotton rounds so when I do my toner and sort of things like that it's sort of I'm taking off my makeup and shit it's just on a you pop it into a little bag and throw it in the washing machine and they're clean. Um it's little things like that, reducing waste. Um in Birmingham there is a shop called uh, the Clean Kilo in yeah. Ditworth and they are a um you know zero waste store. So you go in there with any sort of glass jar. You can literally take an empty coffee jar and be like, I would like five hundred grams of rice. And then mm-hmm. it's a little bit more expensive, but it's worth it. Just doing little things like that, reducing plastics where I can, producing my own products in the sense of like toner or try to plant products. My mint plant died. It was very stressful. Um, <laughs> honestly, I was so fucking upset. My putana died. I was in tears because it was so gorgeous and it kept like the weird animals at bay. Now there's foxes in my garden all the time and it stresses me out. Mm. Um, I'm actually also oh, trying also, to... <laughs> my energy supplier is 100% green. Are you an octopus? No, I can't remember. This is like triggering now to my energy suppliers because I work (laughs) in the energy industry. And all I think about is like energy suppliers now. (laughs) I'm with SSC. I'm with their um, 100% green tariff. So everything they provide is green energy, which makes no fucking sense because the grid is a massive polluter. So I'm like, what's actually happening? (laughs) Um, Stacey, do you want to go? What do you, Um, what are you doing? I do know when as much as me. <laughs> yeah, no. In every situation, <laughs> that would be the case. <laughs> um, so I think a lot of the tweaks I've made, I'm probably not even aware of anymore. But like I use public transport to get to work, but that's probably more through convenience than being a deliberate choice. 
for to be more environmentally friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't park in town, that's why. Well, yeah, the drive is long, park is expensive. <laughs> so yeah, I use public transport. Um, I don't like, I, we don't really buy much in the way of like plastics unnecessarily around the house. Like I think me and my parents are quite minimal in what we buy. I don't think we're really that OTT with buying stuff. Like, I don't really buy much makeup and stuff. And I know a lot of that could be quite bad for the environment. Um, mm-hmm. My car's always in like eco mode. I try not really to. Good. I try not to. <laughs> Go on. to drive too much unnecessarily but i still do like we, we, we'll buy the reusable versions of things and put them back into you know when you buy like hand soap and you can just buy the the refill like we mm. do stuff like that around the house yeah and like, I know we're, always, we're always turning off lights like i never leave my phone charger on overnight like just little things like that like helping in little ways but i, I don't have like a drastic lifestyle of like taking a glass jar to get stuff filled up i think yeah. i'd like to move more towards that but it's just not convenient for us at the moment and how no i get what you mean i go you mean i i have the goal of doing that but i don't actually do it and i don't know if it's going to be a feasible thing for a while until i have space in my kitchen or you know a place to myself blah, blah, blah. but like it's something that i would like to do but again it's one of those things where i would love for it to be rolled out enough in like the affluent or like you know people that in the neighborhood yeah yeah no yeah definitely I need it to be trialed with all the people that can afford to do it and then it could be just mm. rolled out everywhere that's mm. cool I, like, I, I genuinely good at, like cause, just because we shop at Sainsbury's they got rid of the single use like little plastic bags that you put your fruit and veg in like little changes like that I yeah. think mm-hmm. you just need to accommodate more and more because people have no choice then but to act in a better way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. But it's also baby steps. Like people think that they have to jump on it immediately and buy everything and rah, rah, rah. Like, no, it's it's baby steps. Like you don't, like my tip is one thing a month. You know, if you want to start with going zero waste or zero plastics and things like that, just pick one thing a month. So this <laughs> month it was sort of personal use items. Um, So I was only going to do sanitary towels because, you know, and but then I was like, may as well get the, the cotton pads with it. But, you know, there are it's coming up to about 20 quid for both of those items, which doesn't necessarily seem like a lot of money, but hmm. when it adds up, do you know what I mean? Like, to, relative, like, to, you know, over a period yeah. of time, like, it, it works out cheaper, which is great. It's kind of to the environment. But then, you know, not everyone has £20 spare there and then to spend on a sanitary product. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, I'd rather just nip into Aldi and get mm-hmm. a box of pads for like 87p. Well, I have no idea how yeah, much they are. 87p exactly. was made up. Exactly. I don't know how much they are. But um, um... yeah, not 87 not 87p. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. But yeah, no, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. But um, I mean, on my side, uh, I actually do nothing. <laughs> I was vegetarian for a while. Yeah, <laughs> I literally don't. Like, I'm more talk. I will talk and know, you know, um, I was vegetarian for a bit and then I came back home and that is completely out the window. So I'm not even a flexitarian anymore. I'm just a meat eater, which is sad. Um, but I try and be, I'm not even going to pretend. I was going to say I try and be plant-based, but. Um, and then obviously, like, I don't like driving. I don't want to have a car. That's kind of not my goal anyway. So public transport for me and then that's it like that's literally it like I try not to I don't buy clothes generally anymore oh, yeah, that's one thing it's I forgot like first hand clothes first are just like stuff. like I don't really shop that much yeah <laughs> all I wear is black <laughs> I just <laughs> live in black so I don't care um, you know what though like out of everything like I might not do a lot but I'm really into this whole growing food mm. thing like bitch it is oh, so rewarding just the idea do you like that... celery yeah oh, i don't I like know. celery <laughs> realistically speaking like, Good. and i don't I'm try it scared of people that like celery i think it's <gasps> disgusting celery don't you dare cuss celery you know i eat that bitch daily but i was gonna say anybody uh, listening that, that wants to grow uh... celery all you need to do is chop the base um of your celery sort of bunch a bushel i don't know what the fuck celery comes in bushel. like 
a bushel. <laughs> you know, like the plant, and it has a little blob underneath. Chop off your Just bush. Like, chop off like the bottom of it of the entire thing, and then scrape off the little white nubbin at the bottom. Anybody who eats celery will know what this is, and then just like put it in like an inch of water um, and then top up the water like every like couple of days and you'll see that you'll start to s- sprout out new little lettuces not lettuce what's it called celery <laughs> and then you can plant it outside or keep it indoors and <laughs> um, celery actually grows more in winter so it's actually a great plant for the uk or if you're not a heathen just don't eat celery at all listen here bitch yeah celery is beautiful <laughs> you can throw it you can literally if you cook it um in like slivers as an onion it's literally tastes like onion okay and then buy an onion Uh, no just some people can't eat onion Uh. you know our lovely friend lauren she can't eat onions or garlic so you know you're not gonna miss the taste of onion but onion tastes beautiful yeah (laughs) why do you want to replicate onion (laughs) i'm just saying celery and mushrooms are just too Oh my oh, god. god, two of my favorite fucking nope. things. Nope. Champignon is Wait, so close Mushrooms no, are great. Like, you can't do that. Mm. Fry no. it in garlic. The texture, they're amazing. What are we doing with it? Mm. Shiitake mushrooms. I don't, oh. mm. I'm wondering if... I don't know if Stacey has taste anymore. I don't I mean, know. It's kind of just really yeah, nice shoes. Side. I was on your side when you said you didn't like celery too, but now I'm questioning our friendship. Oh god. Want, Dilemma. I take the mushroom years, over you. Eleven years. No, Twelve years, <laughs> years, eleven years of friends. Yeah. Ten years. So it's twenty three. It? We would have met when we were eleven. Two thousand eight. Twelve years. Maths. Mm, okay. Yeah. Um yeah, gardening man, food, farming. Topsoil is dying. Food. Always. It is just food's the greatest. I mean, our our resident um, garlic worshiper over here. Oh man, don't even chat to me. Like, <sighs> I just sorry, just dreaming. Okay, I'm gonna stop. <laughs> Someone else say something. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Growing your I own produce is an amazing thing to do. You can buy a little greenhouse and keep in your garden. Uh, and xyz i can give you so much more tips but honey it's expensive to set up it's fairly cheap to get going once you sort of have the initial setup but again privilege you know i earn enough that i can afford to do things that you know cover things like being more green because when you when you become more green bitch it costs you more money it costs more green to be green because like so say if you're going organic you know you have um you have less produce to put out so what you're putting into the market needs to be of a higher value to make it profitable so when you are selling the produce it's still making you income wait oh i thought you just meant like growing your own like to eat oh growing your own yeah to eat um so say if you need to get like a little greenhouse in order to make sure your tomatoes don't get fucked or eaten by slugs and shit you can get a little plastic one or whatever they cost about between 60 to 100 pound a nice glass almost that you back about 200 um and it's like a little shed base and then you prop it up and you make it see and then you need to buy good compost Uh, if you're not already composting you need to get some good soil so you can like start to filter that in um and then you know start using it whether you're buying pots and etc etc it's just a bit costly in order to get set up whether that's you know spending 150 pound to get your entire setup ready which is not a lot but to some people and to sometimes a lot of people it's like i'm spending 150 pound to put some seeds and some glass plastic thing and you're going to be some tiny little tomatoes for what? So I don't think you always need <laughs> to spend stuff like that. And I, as someone that doesn't grow my own, I do live directly opposite in allotments. Mm-hmm. And like I know the allotments themselves are free. I think you just have to apply like via the council. Honey, um, and people... it can be up to £30 a month. Or sure it's like one's, an... Our one's free, I think. Well, I'm sure so we, sorry, we it's solely her la bougie. I'm in Coventry, so <laughs> they charge you over here. Uh, yeah, because people would be growing no. like rhubarb. Like we, we, the, the allotment's really well occupied. Like most of the plots have got stuff growing in them. Just run in there and steal some of their shit. Well, my dog used to pee on the rhubarb. And, like, <laughs> you know it can be used as a fertilizer, but it's fine as long as they're washing their produce. It's I all would good. Hope so. I would hope so. I'm trying to 
germinate some seeds at the moment so i've been sent a, a load of seeds bless the girl that sent it like i'm so happy but i don't know how to garden so i'm trying to learn how to germinate seeds and i don't know next time we record maybe we'll have like a seed watch because it's been like seven days and they haven't germinated and i'm thinking they're not viable and it's so upsetting and so, i just so i don't have tell, the soil tell me, like, tell me your setup what's going on I've got some egg boxes on a windowsill and I had to take soil from a, pl- a pot because I didn't have specialist soil. Okay, so what pot, did you, what pot did you take this from? It was an old pot of soil. Yeah, it's not going to have the <laughs> right nutrients like nitrate, sulfate, all that bullshit in the soil. I know. Like, germinate them. You know what, I um, need to put you in touch with my friend from university, Miss Kenza, who on her Instagram stories at the moment is like talking people through how to grow different plants and giving. <gasps> I need to. I need send to send me the up. plant queen. I'm living. <laughs> I need that, Kenza. If you're listening, come help these people, please. Kenza, the plant uh... queen, come hither. Show us. Show us thy way. I need a lot of help. Bloody hell! Oh, also, if um... you guys ever see any plants and shit just in like public that you want to pick and eat and shit, don't do it because the pollution from cars and things like that is just gonna like kill you. Yum. It's good for you. No, darling. No, no. Yeah, like pesticides and pollution. It's good. It's healthy. Healthy, chair. Huh? Ah. Broadway, <laughs> yes, <sir. laughs> I get really upset because um, I can't do the accent of... <laughs> oh my god, Stacey, you cannot do. That's such a terrible, terrible, terrible thing. Bichari, oh my god. Oh my god. What do you want to do? This girl can't Oh, I keep showing up. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do oh poor girl man um okay right so i think this is a good point to stop at unless anyone has any more for any more no no more horses good. for courses no, <laughs> no, me- no any horses for courses no great because i never want to say that again um anyway so that brings that to an end uh thank you for listening if you have any thoughts on um anything that we've discussed today please like tell us send us a message wherever on our social we're honesty.pod um you can find us there and yeah just tell us what you think like if you think we're chatting a lot of shit tell us we need to know because we'll carry on doing it regardless but we'd like to know anyway um (laughs) thank you for listening And um, we'll see you next time. Uh, Ciao for now. Take care, guys. Bye. 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 (laughs) Bye.